monkeypox then? I thought I was going to ask you if you've got monkeypox. I've got Mitzi pox. <laughs> I don't think I have. I mean, I haven't got lots of pedunculated growths on my body in the manner of some of the attractive photographs I've seen. It looks like plague. The plague. Have you got the plague? I caught it off the toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very particularly happy because the sun is shining. That's nice. That's lovely. Will you be barbecuing later? It How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Yes, I had a I had a reunion for all my old cronies very recently. Some of whom apparently Was listened that the to the other podcast. Night? Yeah, some of them apparently listen to the podcast. These are more cronies who listen to the podcast. Completely bonkers. Yeah, but I thank them. I think, yeah, no, they, they're, so um, they're they're the people who make up our hundreds of listeners. I mean, <laughs> well, so it was the, from the days when Five News started, and I was part of the um, sort of team that produced Five News in its early days. And it was just really nice to catch up with some people. Lovely to see them, and they're all on such good form. Days. I know, but I mean, lots of old days? farts talking about how great they used to be and how they, they were the future They didn't look that ones. old. Is that the photo that you put on your Twitter? Well, that, that, actually, funny enough, that was mentioned that everybody doesn't seem to have changed at all. I'm quite disappointed because I'm, you know, I'm really hoping that some people are going to start really looking old soon so I can sort of feel great about how I, I don't look old. But That's why you like to They all still look young to me. me. In fact, a couple of them got even more handsome, which I found quite frustrating. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, I can just to. imagine your face. Yeah, it was it literally was although i was quite pissed so my eyes were starting to cross oh i see so you fancied them all of course (laughs) because you know i'm a cuddly drunk you always go oh we all off our faces and you've had like a beer and a half (laughs) yeah i'm pretty sure my tolerance is a lot less than it used to be i'm not a big drinker at all Oh, what, in the days of old when, and when you say that, in my mind's eye, I've got What, in the days Benedict of old when we used to sit along a big long table in a castle drinking mead? <laughs> that was when you were young. <laughs> That's the kind of thing my daughter goes, she goes, you know when Uncle so-and-so was, like, was that in the Victorian era that he was born? <laughs> <laughs> and I have to try and, I have to think for a moment before I answer her questions these days. Well, it won't be that long, I don't think, before people say, were you born in the Elizabethan area? Area? Sorry, were you born... Aria. I'll start again. Areola. It won't be that that long before people are saying, were you born in the Elizabethan era? Because we'll have moved on. What will be the next era? The Charleranian, the the Charlemagne, Emperor (laughs) Charlemagne of Windsorio. The Charlesworth era. (laughs) The Charles were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so funny, Prince Charles. Like, not not really ha ha funny. Just a bit like there'll be there'll be stuff in the news, and then they'll quote him, and he'll just go. There were maybe a few drier interludes over Dumfries House in Ayrshire. Aha. And they go, okay, thanks, Charles. Isn't he? He's just like irrelevant. I don't think he's irrelevant at all. I I mean I think. I think he's had a really difficult gig because he's been waiting to be king for years and years and years. Oh, woe is him. He likes that. Well, he can just second. have it off with Camilla. Okay, so, well... I'm, Why should I let you finish? I don't necessarily envy him that, but, I mean, I, I sort of feel that he's he, he's he was ahead of the curve on things like the environment. <laughs> What's he now? I believe he was. He was talking okay. about the environment back in the 70s when it wasn't at all fashionable. Oh, well-known royalist Ando there. But, I mean, in terms of his high comedy, I think Prince Charles is a fairly serious person. Boring. And the difficulty he has is he's he is a serious person, but he's got, until he actually becomes king, he's got a completely unserious job. He's he's just like, he's a sort of a, a peg waiting to be knocked into a hole. That has it. He's the, he's a sort of, he's just a something that hasn't happened yet. He's like something waiting to be fired, so to speak. <laughs> I know exactly how he feels. Are you waiting to be fired all the time? <laughs> <laughs> I think life has become every job you've here. ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually having images of me shooting out of a cannon, You're sitting there with your head down, just waiting to get fired. <laughs> That's what the life of a freelancer is like, though. Yeah, it is. That's true. Well, you're only as good as your last bulletin. <laughs> your last bulletin wasn't very yeah, good. Exactly. And you're like, you read it and you come out with your head down, your script in your <laughs> yeah. hand. I'm just, just hoping, uh, unlike most radio stations, just hoping nobody was listening. <laughs> <laughs> 
We've all had those moments. <laughs> I'm Ben Ando. I'm a former BBC News correspondent. Ooh. And who are you? I'm Victoria Mitzi. I'm an award winner. I won a skiing medal in 1986. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I'm a podcaster. I'm a beauty queen. I'm a former model, a fitness guru, oh, and broadcaster, and a liar. I'm that, a liar. <laughs> that, well, that reminds me of somebody I heard about who used to say, who used to write their name and then put BSc behind it. And they never used to say it didn't actually stand for Bachelor of Science. It stood for Bronze Swimming Certificate. <laughs> no! In that case... <laughs> well, you, what are you? Are you a BSc? I'm a BA Hons. Well, what kind of certificate was that? That's a BA Honours. Oh, yeah, no, I know. I was... Oh, oh, no. <laughs> but you, in that case, you are more advanced than I am because I don't have a degree. I am more. Well, in that case, everybody knew that, Ben. Oh, have I they didn't always, have, have to tune into our that podcast. I don't have a degree, that I graduated from the School of Hard Knocks. <laughs> University of Life. University of life. I didn't go to university. I just got booted out. Well, for being so lazy got, and thick. Well, then the BBC hoovered you up. Well, strictly speaking, Radio Trent hoovered me up. No, North Ants Radio in Northampton hoovered me up first. What was their jingle? <laughs> the Hot FM, the Tepid FM. No, to go on, sing me a jingle. Um, ninety-six point six North Ants Radio, Heart of England. I can still remember it. It's brilliant. That was that was they used to play that in the run up to the news, and you'd be sitting there ready to read the bulletin. You just sort of hear that duh, 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 sort of come into your headphones, and then you'd be ready to go. Did you get all lively? Oh, I did. I used to. I used to be on it. I was on it. I was reading the news to the good citizens of Northampton. It's funny thinking because since I've known you, you haven't been a bulletin reader. No, I. So I was. Well, I mean, in local radio, you kind of have to do everything. There's no sort of like fancy. Oh well, I only read bulletins, darling. Or I'm a reporter. You, you have to do a bit of everything. Yeah, clean the toilet, Ando. And in fact, my first job in London was as a newsreader, bulletin reader on IRN. But I um, I just realised I liked reporting and being out and about more than being in the studio. So I sort of You were behind a my... desk reading the news? I was behind a desk reading the news. On the yeah. telly? No, not no. IRN, independent radio news. Oh, oh, oh. The... Although I did actually <laughs> The clues read... in actually, the word. Having said that, I did used Happy. to read... The, uh, the short TV bulletins on Channel 5. In fact, I read the very last bulletin that Channel 5, ITN, put out for Channel 5 the first time they had the contract, which ended in 2004, which is when I got the boot. Um, so, yeah, I read the you last were, bulletin. They gave you the boot. Were you waiting for the boot? Well, I was waiting to be fired. No, we all got made... Well, we nearly all got made redundant when the contract switched to Sky, because Sky, quite understandably, wanted some new faces. And that's when I fucked off to the BBC. Not younger ones. Um, yeah, maybe younger, different, just, um, I don't know. Sexier. Yeah, I, I, all those things, all the above. No, I think Sky just, it was the first terrestrial news channel Sky had a contract to provide news for, the first terrestrial channel. And I think they really wanted to make a big, you know, big thing of it and a good go of it. They just wanted new faces. They wanted their faces. I mean, we could have been forced, I suppose, to have us under tupe regulations, but we just said, well, just give us money and we'll piss off, which we did. I wish I could say the same thing. <laughs> I know. You can give me money, I'll piss off, don't worry. <laughs> well, on that note, it's all about coffee.com oh. forward slash, <laughs> forward, just forward slash. How, how, just out of interest, I mean, how many cups of coffee have these pathetic... Well, I told you, it doesn't flinging. come through to me, so I'm not really up to date. I can have a look now. I can have a look now. If you've been bought 10,000 cups of coffee... It doesn't say that. when it was. So you've been bought one cup of coffee? No! Uh. Hang on, look. Five coffees, five coffees, three coffees, three coffees. Wow, See more. that's incredible. Well, thank you. So everybody who's buying Victoria a cup of coffee, thank you very much indeed. I can't now, believe it. You may it. see the name Mitzi in there. You might. Buying herself a coffee. <laughs> you bought yourself a coffee? <laughs> no, it's, it's four quid. How many coffees have you bought yourself? None, none. <laughs> well, was... in my life, probably a few well, I'm, hundred I'm, thousand. <laughs> I'm stunned. I'm stunned and thrilled, but clearly, you, you, you're. You don't plaintive... believe that this podcast is the 
No, I don't. Bug diddity diggity (laughs) shit. Clearly your plaintive (laughs) cries and begs for people to buy you a coffee have fallen on ears that are considerably less hard than mine. The world of Well, that's why it's called a true crime podcast, because I go around like holding people up and asking them to buy me a coffee (laughs) on the street. Is it daylight bloody robbery? (laughs) <laughs> it's daylight bloody robbery it is. It's daylight bloody robbery. <laughs> what have we got today? Oh, it's going to be great. I'm, what I'm, have we I'm got? Gonna... Is it going to be fabulous? Well, it's going to be fabulous with Priscilla. Well, well, this... It's fabulous with Priscilla <laughs> so... Coleman, court artist. But we need, to re- we need to rename our topic. We're no longer true crime. We're true, I don't know, civil litigation, I suppose. Clitigation. That was a, that was a bit of a gag to the purists out there. Did you hear what I did there? <laughs> I know you did. I know you did. I tried to ignore it. Oh, uh, I thought you were setting me up for well, that one. Well, it's, that's I was what like, I always... what does he want me to say now? Well, I, I, tried to, I tried to miss it like I always do. Oh, you can't miss the mitts. <laughs> it was the other thing that you referred to I was trying to miss. <laughs> like I always well, do. Well, I think it would be very sexy. Was looking for the little working... man the boat. You didn't find it, but gave the boat a damn good clean. <laughs> Oh, you're really pleased with your own one, aren't you? <laughs> We're talking to Priscilla, um, Priscilla Coleman, our the, friend, the courtroom artist. She's, queen of um, the courtroom. Well, she's been sort of in the news a bit herself recently because a lot of people have been talking to her about the drawings that have been done for the whole Wagatha Christie case. And it's been, it's just funny, it's hilarious. So we're going to have a bit of chat with Priscilla about that. And then after we've heard from Priscilla, what are we going to be talking about, Victoria? We're going to be talking about Bobby Ann McLeod and the fallout from the sentencing of her murderer because it's been very big around these parts in Devon, Plymouth in particular, because I drive past the bus stop where she was hit over the head with a hammer and uh, kidnapped from daily. Okay, well, so that's a you story. So I look forward to hearing it. But first, shall we talk to Priscilla? You pulled a face when I said that. Why did you pull a face? I think it was just more the thought of you saying, I drive past the bus stop, as if, as if that gives you some kind of link to the story. Oh, do you not think it does? I think it does, in a, the most shallow and tangential manner possible. In the most desperate link. Here I am standing way. at the bus stop. <laughs> Come on, worse has been done. As you're driving past, you sort of think to yourself, here I am driving past a bus stop. I mean, if you know that someone was murdered and it's all in the news at the time and you're driving past where they were murdered, you don't think about it. Yeah, a bit. But do you do you have like in your no, head... No, you don't want to admit it. Do you have like in your head an internal monologue as you're going about your day where you're sort of describing yourself in a, in the manner of a news report where, where you sort of say to yourself, Victoria's walking into work now and she's about to say hello to her colleagues and then she's going to sit down and... Yeah, no, she's that's getting you. Out. That's you. Is that what it's I do? Am I the only person who does that? I must be the only person who does that. Do you do it? No, but it's funny to think I'm on. And he's going for a wee-wee. What do I do? I do I do sometimes sort of do things like that. If I'm doing sports, if I'm playing sport, I'll sort of imagine there's a commentator commentating on what I'm doing. Is that <laughs> odd? It probably is a bit odd. <laughs> it's quite brilliant. <laughs> Please, can I come and see you play but some I- sport? <laughs> <laughs> I think Ben's mumbling to himself. What's he saying? That was me mumbling. Uh, <laughs> every time boat. I think of commentators, I think of Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. Peter Cook uh, and Dudley Moore. He's coming up the rear, and it's the arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> they were very, very funny, Peter. And... They were very, very funny, and there's nothing like that anymore. No, no, Jim. Oh, Jimmy Carr's probably kind of there. <laughs> I see Jimmy Carr got into trouble for his rape gag this week. Anyway, go on, you, you go ahead and sort of finally introduce Priscilla. Well, we talked to her before and she's back. She's the hottest ticket of court artistdom in the UK, as her Twitter handle says. The UK's foremost courtroom artist. She's put sometimes 10 minutes to memorise a likeness. No, say, do it in her American accent. Sometimes. Gee, sometimes 10 minutes ten. to memorise a likeness. She's, she's the lady with the crayons. <laughs> <laughs> And she's she's glamorous too. She's the diva with the drawing board. (laughs) (laughs) She's the artist with the mostest. (laughs) Oh, Ben, you're so naughty. (laughs) Oh, Ben, you're so naughty. (laughs) Do it again. Are we 
<laughs> you, you think when you, 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 I know what you're thinking. I know exactly what you're thinking because you were sat there with a the face like thunder while. <laughs> <laughs> I was the third wheel. Anyway, listeners, the, our regulars, you'll know, Priscilla Coleman is a courtroom artist who has worked with Ben a lot and clearly they're in love with each other. And here she is. She's absolutely brilliant. You've probably seen a lot of these. These are my Wayne Rooney's and my... Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been looking at those. Stuff like I, that. I've got so... that in front of me as well here. Oh, right. <laughs> Not the real one. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, um, Priscilla, I mean, I, I want to, we'll have a chat with you because I saw you on the rain as well because Paul Chester oh. sent me an email just in time and I got back from the gym and tuned in. Um, so that drawing you did of Lorraine, did you do it in real time on the show there? Yeah, I did. Uh, and I, I did it from looking at her and I think they had an idea of how they wanted me to do it. They said, oh, we're going to, uh, they said they were going to put me in the kitchen and I could see her from the kitchen to draw her. And I thought they were going to put me on that side, so if you see her face, but I saw her when we, I was sitting with Martha, you know, we were talking. Yeah. And in a way that was good enough. So I just, I did her from memory. Mm. <laughs> and luckily she's got a really distinctive face. Yeah. I thought it was a great and In a way it was easier. She got very excited about being put in the, um, in the witness box, didn't she? Or she kept pulling at the dock, <laughs> it isn't in a civil case. Well, I just put her on her sofa, really. <laughs> <laughs> but but she it looks very... Both. She looks girly in it, sort of. And she is actually quite girly, isn't she? She is. She yes. Is. She seems to be always smiling and laughing. This is so interesting, actually. Oh, yeah. unless she's having a go. Do you remember at Boris Johnson's squeeze? I, remember I didn't see it, but I it heard good. about it. Everyone have a look. For, again, who did she have a go against? The oh. lady that Boris Johnson had a there. thing with. Oh, Jennifer R. Curie or something. Well done. Yes. Oh. What is the point of you coming on the TV um, to clear the air and then you don't say anything? Well, I, I believe I said a few things. What What is it that well, you're looking for that I say? Well, you didn't You didn't answer any any of the questions that the that was were put to you, and I just don't see the point of you coming on, to be honest. She oh. said to her. <laughs> she was really, and it wasn't even her go. She was being interviewed by. Piers Morgan, I think, okay. and, um, and he didn't pick up on it. And then she came in, it was like, here's Lorraine, she's next. And she was like, why'd you do that? And they were all like, what? <laughs> oh, so Jennifer Arcuri was on Good Morning Britain when Piers Morgan was still on that show. Yes. Uh-huh, I see. <laughs> it was really good watching. It made you feel a bit uncomfortable. Was there anything happening today in the Waggatha thing, Priscilla? Were you there? Oh, well, no, it's finished now. The judge has gone away to make her judgment. Uh, but a reserve judgment, right, Ben? Yeah. They always say, oh, no, I'm going to go think about it. And so there's no court today. But I have been talking about this a lot today. Everybody wants to still talk about uh, the Wagatha Christie's. Who else and, did you talk to? Oh, this morning, Adrian Childs on... Uh -huh. uh, was that on Radio 5 Live? Or? Yes, it was. And the other day, it's uh, Andrew Marr. Oh, wow, cool. Uh, he's on that uh, LBC... Oh, yeah, of course. Radio. Radio. Yeah. And I got to see Ken Clark. He was being interviewed before me. So I did Ken both Clark. of them oh, having a chat. Hmm. And fun. Andrew, the, <laughs> yeah, but I wish I'd get to see you in person again, Ben. You're yeah. funny. Oh, well, I'm going to come down <laughs> at some point to London, honestly. It's just oh, now good. we sort of we, we move around and we live remotely and we just talk like this. Uh, kind of good that's and not bad, true. He's always moving and shaking. You just got to catch him. <laughs> I, I actually think in yeah. some ways it also makes us a little bit lazy because you can sort of oh. have, communicate with somebody like this, you know. <laughs> Did you, um, I, I, I couldn't make it to that um, thing because I, I can't remember where I was, that um, Old Bailey drinks thing. Did you go to that, Priscilla? Oh, yes. And that was really good. Um, let's see. What do I... <laughs> that was at the Magpie, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. I remember uh, you invited me. I just couldn't make it. The pre-Christmas drinks, wasn't it? Or the Christmas drinks for the... Um, yes. Yes. Yeah, sorry yeah, about that. Yeah, always good. Those are always good. So um, everybody will um, remember, I'm sure people will remember us speaking to Priscilla Coleman before. Priscilla Coleman's an old friend of mine, and she does all the courtroom drawings and sketches of um, people for ITV News. And um, she's incredibly talented, and she and, in fact, Julia and Elizabeth too, uh, are the three ladies who sort of do all of these sketches that we see in UK courts. And um, 
It's incredibly exciting. I love watching you work, Priscilla. I, I really find that enjoyable. But um, welcome back, Priscilla. But we got you back because there's a particular case that has had everybody talking. And it's not even a criminal case, this one, is it? No, it's not. It's uh, it's more fun than a criminal. <laughs> no one's been murdered, except, uh, I suppose you'd say, character assassination. <laughs> yes. I suspect quite a lot of money's been murdered. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> and, um, fantastic jewelry oh yeah and great uh i suppose advertising for certain fashion yeah mm. so yeah, this is this reputations is the, um, yeah this is the oh, the wagatha christie the, the so-called wagatha christie case and just a very quick recap for people who might have been living under a stone or something for the last <laughs> couple of years um colleen rooney is married to england footballer wayne rooney rebecca vardy is married to england footballer jamie vardy and the, the two ladies, along with all the other wives, became known as WAGs, which stood for wives and girlfriends. Anyway, these ladies were friends and they would share each other things, uh, information. But Colleen Rooney noticed that um, stories that she was telling her friends privately were getting into the press, into the, into the newspapers. And she suspected it was Rebecca Vardy. So she set this trap by putting certain stories on uh, social media platforms, but limiting, so only Rebecca Vardy or at least Rebecca Vardy's account could read them. And she then unveiled that this had happened. And Rebecca Vardy was actually suing Colleen Rooney for libel because she obviously thought that um, made her look a bit stupid, which it did. And and so, you, so you've so you been basically, Priscilla, in the court there, and this presumably the Royal Courts of Justice is a civil case and not the Old yeah. Bailey, obviously. And you've been um, just sketching these impossibly glamorous uh, looking women and their footballer husbands from day to day as they've all been turning up at court. Yes. Yes. And it's been gorgeous. It's like the beautiful people and they look even better in person than they do in photographs and on television because uh, television, I think photography both uh, kind of put weight on people. And so in court, they're even more glamorous and their skin is so smooth and gosh, Colleen Rooney has sort of a sheen to her skin as if, some of her makeup has some of that little glittery stuff in it. And their hair is perfectly done. The most tight braids and things and most severe braids though are um, Rebecca Vardy's. She has a real control look, really controlled. So I mean, what about the, the men as well? I mean, Jamie Vardy and um, mm -hmm. uh, Wayne Rooney, I'm not entirely sure anybody would say they were the most beautiful people. Well, no, but they come out looking quite sweet and kind to their wives, don't they? They're sticking up for their wives and they're by their side. Although uh, Vardy was only there the one day towards the end. And then Wayne Rooney's been there every single day. Although yesterday, uh, no, it wasn't yesterday. No, day before. <laughs> they went on holiday to Dubai and the judge says, that's fine. That's oh, okay. So, and, and where we're at now is you spent all the days in court there, Priscilla, and now we're at this case where we are waiting for the judge to give a ruling of some description. Yes, she's, well, she's going to base it on the law, and she probably will just have to look at it very objectively, and she's going to base some of it on what uh, Justice Edie said in some of the cases he heard that were similar, and also uh, some of the things that... Um, Justice Warby said when he was looking at a similar cases because it sets the precedent for future law, things like this. So she can't but just be really kind like a mom and say, now you girls get along now, don't you fight anymore. <laughs> she can't do that. She's got to be yeah. strict and go by the law. And that'll... Um, do you think that this action should have been taken? Well, after seeing the the crying and the distress and the embarrassment will obviously know, but a lot of people have no idea what it's gonna be like when they have to go in the witness box in the court case of any kind, really, of any kind. And I think if they really realized how they were gonna be chopped up like a chopped liver or torn to bits, like a shark attack and watch their arms and legs flying off in the water. I think they would never, they would, they would never do that. They just say, there's gotta be another way to. Is it, 
settle oh, it. You know, is it David Sherborne who's largely responsible for that? He's like you? a shark. He's like a killer shark. And is he tearing Vardy apart? He yes, he has torn her just bit to bit. Now I think her brain has been torn apart. It's, she's so distressed and. Of anyone in the court case, she's the one who looks like she's completely in shock. And that her expressions are just, well, she, she's the only one who's cried this whole time. And God, oh, the looks. And if looks could kill, you know, it's, she's, feels that she's being attacked by him, which of course she is because that's what he's paid for. Yeah, that's his job. Yeah, that's his job. And he's pretty good at his job so far. My God, it's frightening. So Priscilla, you've been in there watching this um, case unfold day to day. And of course, I guess if ITV think they're going to want a package, they'll send you down there and say, we need you to draw. And your drawings have oh. to tell the story. So so Priscilla, I mean, what I used to love watching you draw was you would think about how the story is going to unfold. You'd position the characters on the on the paper so that you, as the, as the camera kind of moves across it, you say, well, so-and-so said to such-and-such, and, such, and they retaliated, and next to her was sitting her husband, all, all this kind of stuff. So how do you compose yeah. the drawings? Well, well, for this last day, for example, I, I had to leave Vardy, I mean, I had to leave Vardy over here by herself um, because uh, Jamie Vardy didn't show up that, for this last day. And it was just, but, so I did it so that, we can see her face and we can see both the lawyers if they have to be quoted or something. And then the empty space where, um, where Colleen and Wayne Rooney would have been if they'd shown up. I don't know if you can see that, but yeah, yeah, I can see it. Cause they were, they went on holiday. You say Priscilla. They went on holiday to Dubai. Dubai, yeah. And so, uh, this is a look that Colleen was giving uh, Rebecca wow. pretty much the whole time. Yeah. Very similar to that look that, uh, you know, the Hamiltons and Christine Hamilton looking yeah. at uh, Al Fayed. Oh, yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that was a while ago, wasn't that one? Air. Mm. Yeah, you could just feel the. But I, I mean, oh, angry, angry. One thing that I noticed when I was watching the the TV footage of the two wives arriving at court was that mm. I don't want to sound stupid, but I actually struggled sometimes to tell them apart. They seem to have developed this kind of look that is almost like an identikit look of what a footballer's wife should look like. And oh. you you look at faces all the time, Priscilla. What did you make of it? <laughs> well, I just looked, they they were highly groomed and. To me, they were like they looked very different. Uh, as in, Rebecca Vardy looks really luscious, like uh, Jane Russell. If you remember Jane Russell from the movies, and a special bra was made for her by, um, oh, that millionaire who flew the plane and anyway. Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes, yes. <laughs> and so she's really voluptuous and. And Just then, to be clear, uh, Howard Hughes made the bra for Jane Russell, not Rebecca Vardy. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yes, we'll correct that. And uh, and Colleen Colleen Rudy is smaller and not so tall, but she looks really sporty, like a girl. She looks like she could be playing playing football herself. Oh. And I don't know if she does sports, but she looks like a really active young girl. And she looks more like she's 16 with a with her hair braided back or something, but not in a really tight way, the, the way um, Rebecca Vardy's hair is. It's almost like gladiators getting all geared up for fight. Do you think that the way they dress and the way they, I mean, they're used to being in the public eye. They're used to being photographed and watched. And presumably for them, there was something of a performance about this and outfits and hairstyles and makeup will all have been very carefully chosen. Did you think any of that? Well, yes. And that's the way it is that it's sort of tried on that level as well. And another court case that we had, and you might've gone to that one too, is the one with the cricketers, Botham and Lamb and 
Jemima Khan and, you know, Imran Khan. That yeah. The whole thing was every day. What are they wearing? What are they wearing? And that was sort of like the other level of fight that was going on. Pow. And the competition was, was so, the comparisons were constant. And for women, that's a really tough thing. Really tough thing. Do you think there was anything, I mean, th th you're right, actually, that, that an awful lot of the coverage that I've seen and heard um, is based around what are they wearing, what do they look like? Do you, mm -hmm. I mean, and that wouldn't happen yeah. with a normal court case. It would be very much about what the people are saying in court when they give evidence. Um, I mean, what do, you, what do you make of that? Were you picking up on this idea that this was, it, it, the coverage was sort of shallow and, and almost, I don't know, I suppose sexist in a way, because you wouldn't do this, do the same, cover it the same way if it had been two men taking action? Well, it's what women are still interested in. Let's face <laughs> it, we like shopping and bags and clothes and makeup. And you want to know, well, how can I lose weight? How tiny is my waist? How big is my breast size? You know, it's like. Are we back to Jane Russell that. and Howard Hughes again? <laughs> yeah. So all of those things really matter to a lot of women. Some women don't care. But it's kind of hard to find a woman who doesn't care. But everybody wants well, to look at these people, don't they? Because of their phenomenal yeah. wealth and they're in a fishbowl anyway, aren't they? Yes, they are. And this uh, fishbowl thing and this mind attack kind of thing and uh, anxiety and things, that goes on with sport as well. And I think some of the most vicious court cases we ever do have to do with sporting figures and the people who follow sports seem to be more vicious in their trolling and what they like to say they skewer uh athletes and mm. footballers especially and yeah. cricketers and as you probably know too in journalism if you're going to write about something if you're being attacked about what you're doing or something you've done and you feel as if you can't think about your work. You, you're completely thrown off. In and your, that, um, sorry, you know, you can lose a game. You can lose a game that way. So, so just in this case, then, Priscilla, taking that point, I mean, mm -hmm. what what was your assessment of how the two women came across, and and to some extent, the, the you know the various witnesses they had in support of them or against them. I mean, do you think mm -hmm. that Rebecca Vardy came off worse here? Was she because she's the one who was in tears, as you said? she's the only one who cried all the time and i'd be crying too if i were sitting up there and ask questions and and you you don't realize the questions that are going to be asked there's no warning anything can happen that way um so yeah you feel sorry for anyone who's in that position you you can feel their embarrassment and their pain and you can see it in the expressions on her her face she she was the most hurt by it, and yes, she's the one who brought it up, brought it forward, and wanted to do it. I got the sense that yeah. from Colleen Rooney's point of view, this all went pretty well. That's the impression I got too, because something about it just didn't click for Rebecca Vardy. She everything everything she wanted to have happen for her side didn't happen like huge mistakes, the phone in the lost phone and all kinds of weird things like that is just a disaster. But it also showed how Sherborne is really as good at skewering someone. And I've heard that he's really horrible to anyone in the witness box. And even the journalists were being skewered, not in this court case, but in that, uh, oh, phone hacking one mm, and they yeah. all they they don't like him very much and no, that's pretty mildly i don't think anybody <laughs> likes being skewered <laughs> no, no i don't think they do <laughs> do you get no. a feeling from this action that the media machine of wayne and colleen is a huge sort of really nasty beast as well well the, the nasty beast really are us people in sports and on Twitter, because the combination of sports and Twitter seems to be all about attack, 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 attack each other, attack anything, 
attack a player. Oh, poor, poor old Wayne Rooney. I mean, he's not, he doesn't look so bad and he seems a really sweet guy to his wife. Um, he's not a perfect husband, obviously, but he's still with her and he's, he's, uh, they seem to want to protect their wives. Uh, yeah, sports, sports and vicious behavior seem to go together, which is weird, isn't it? But, but that, and, or Twitter, maybe it's Twitter that causes the, uh, because Twitter's a new thing. Mm. But then again, sports reporting has always been a bit skewery and kind yeah, of yeah. attacking football, the football players and the way they play or the coach or the managers. It's like and, there's always been insecurity there because I mean, football managers get yeah, sacked every week, don't they? They do. Yeah. They do. It's and you can see it in cricket. The whole cricket team can be mm. thrown off. They start all thinking about something that's all getting to them or someone's been targeted yeah. because something they've done even outside the cricket. Yeah, it's it's really a, a fascinating thing about people's minds, their brains, how they work. Artists, writers, sports people, people who are on Twitter, mm -hmm. they should be examined <laughs> too, probably. <laughs> well, some of them are that's a whole other can of worms, isn't it? <laughs> And that's the wonderfulness that is Priscilla. She really is something. We love Priscilla, don't we? <laughs> Did I sound a bit flat when I said that? It sounded like the most insincere thing I've ever heard. Did it? <laughs> I'm just thinking of when you're recording one of these things and you see the faces, <laughs> the expression on your face. Did you enjoy that? Did you? I enjoyed it very oh, much. I love oh, talking to Priscilla. If, you, if I had a puppet of both of you, it'd be like, oh, 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 oh. Did it slide down the microphone into your ears, everyone? Did you feel left out? Oh, I'm a motherless child. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you, the fact that I was just completely left out. You were trying fine. to get a word in and I couldn't. I didn't let you get a word in edgeways. <laughs> I might even add some more in there in the edit. Just put in some pretend questions that you asked that nobody answered. Just left <laughs> hanging. Took tumbleweed rolling No, across. they're in there already. <laughs> Oh dear, good option. Anyway, but moving on now, that was fantastic. And I'm sure... As Can I say, future... one of the questions that I got lambasted on, I wanted to ask about the faces because she didn't really pick up on the thing that I said about the alter, them altering their faces with these chemicals. I was... Whatever they are, Botox things. Botox. Botox. She was like, oh, they were absolutely gorgeous and stuff. But I wanted to know if it kind of changes the way that you draw people and that they all start looking the same. Because to my eye, they did not look like they were before. And everybody changes into looking the same once they've had all that Botox. And I wanted to know if she thought the same thing. But I, no yeah. one gave me a chance to ask. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I think they look... This is what I did say. I, I thought they kind of like, they've developed this kind of gestalt look that all these kind of footballer wives seem to drive towards. <laughs> I thought like, you were you know, about to say Gestapo. Sort of, you know, big thick lips, sort of like, you know, um, kind of hair very flat on the head, sort of like dark. And uh, they, they they do look kind of similar to each other, don't they? The Despite wags. what Priscilla said about Colleen's pointy nose. Yeah, she was. she's very, very complimentary about them because I don't really think they're anything special. I definitely but... think... Mm. Priscilla, I think, is very much in Camp Colleen. How do you think so? Yeah, I got, I got the sense that she thinks that Colleen has come out of this better than Rebecca. Who do you like? Who do I like? Yeah. Who do you well, think is nicer? This, uh, out, out of this shit show? Uh, mm. I don't know. I kind of like Rebecca Vardy because I think she's such a nasty bitch. <laughs> Rebecca nasty. Yeah. No, I don't know if she's a nasty bitch or not. But I, I do. <laughs> I, I've never met her. She speak, I'm sure she speaks very highly of me. <laughs> no, I, I just I don't know I I don't I just find them they're kind of shells of people are they I don't know they're not real they don't seem like real mm. people to you and me do they? Well, when you look at the prices of their clothes, have you seen any of that in the write-ups? The prices of their clothes. No, I've not looked at that at all. They're literally like a few thousand pounds for one of their articles of clothing. Blimey, God! It's kind of crazy. That makes it seem like they are living in a weird world. They're not going to Primarque then. If they are, they're keeping it hush hush. Or what is it? H H and M, Heens, or Primarque? 
<laughs> do you PCOs. shop in Primark? I, I, what do I? I tend to shop in like fat face places like that, um, <laughs> white stuff, like that kind of middle-aged man sort of place who's trying to stay pathetically trendy and as he struggles through his midlife crisis. I like the fact that you're not put off by the name. <laughs> fat face. I have got a fat face, of course. So I suppose I should go to the <laughs> eponymous shop. You should go to Beard Face. <laughs> yeah, and, and they actually, I sorry. Should go to Baldy Locks. Yeah. Baldy Locks. I thought you'd been there. <laughs> um, something quite interesting out of the Wagatha thing is the effect it's going to have on libel trials and whether it's going to make other people... Oh, is this boring? Is it going to make other people more shy of taking action? Uh, who cares? Fuck them. They're all... They're all too I don't know. Them. Give us some fodder. I said to my daughter the other day, I said, do you think I should try and glow up? And she said, forget it. You already glowed up. You've, <laughs> you've done that. That's it. Game over. What? <laughs> glowed up? What's that? Have you not heard of glowing up? A glow no. Up? No. It's where you... Where you've gone along in your life, sort of looking a bit downtrodden, and then you sort of like change your appearance. And so it's because it's because we're talking oh. about these these glamorous, you know, women who have had all this sort of, you know, procedures, shall we say, done. To Anal bleaching. <laughs> I haven't had that yet. Oh, I could say that that glowed me up. What having your anus bleached? Did it glow you up? That's nice. It blew me up. I, I used the wrong substance. <laughs> you just got the domestos out. I used my crystal meth instead. <laughs> no, but I take your point. You have had a bit of a revamp. Oh, yeah, I have. So, you know, it's just when I started, probably about three years ago, I started shaving my head instead of sort of like, you know, trying to. Cling it's on a little, to little bit bits of breaking hair out of the bad, side. isn't it? Breaking bit dad. White. Breaking <laughs> dad. <laughs> so come on, I want to hear about your story now. I want to hear the big story of the day. Okay, Bobby Ann. The main thing that's come out of this is that it seems that the murderer of Bobby Ann McLeod was obsessed with serial killers and the whole thing around them with the with what they did and how they did it and saved he's fascinated apparently with Ted Bundy um he's been jailed for a minimum of 30 years um that's Cody Ackland a 24 year old rock musician who attacked 18 year old McLeod with a claw hammer in November last year before kidnapping her and carrying out a prolonged attack in a forest causing catastrophic injuries to her head and face she was also very small. I think she was about five foot two. Ackland then drove 28 miles, stripped McLeod and dumped her body close to a beach. In subsequent days, he went out with friends and rehearsed in his band, appearing more joyful and affectionate than usual. Three days later, he handed himself in and detectives were shocked to find a cache of 3,000 graphic images on his phone revealing his obsession with Bundy, other serial killers and crime scenes. Okay, I'm stopping it there because I'm going to say, like, I don't have them on my phone. But of course, if you're doing a true crime podcast, I've got that kind of stuff. So if I went out and did something or was suspected of doing something naughty, then everyone would go, oh, it's her obsession with serial killers, wouldn't they? Are you creating some kind of double bluff situation now? Oh, you got me out there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just realised how stupid that was. Hang on a second. There's mm. a difference between having an interest in them because you're doing a true crime podcast. Anyway, serial killers aren't your real thing anyway. I, I, I know that there are lots of other crimes that you're much more interested in serial killers. I think the I think, not I, those think ones. I think the aspect of this case that you like most is not that she was attacked with a claw hammer, but that she was abducted. I think you're you, you like you like a good abduction. You'd love me to be abducted, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, I live in hope. It'd be very quiet. <laughs> I'm moving to Derbyshire to live in hope. <laughs> That's a really sad joke. <laughs> one for one for the geographers and the Peak District aficionados. Yes, a big shout out to all of you. In the Hope uh, Valley. <laughs> who live in hope. I think the, the thing that's been pointed out as well is that 
Ackland wasn't known to police and his friends had no idea of his obsession. He seemed like an amicable, thoughtful even is a word that's been used to describe him. And it just seems so out of context. Also, quite people are always confused and it sheds, it, it puts a spotlight on the crime when people are good looking. And he's quite a good, you know, both of them are quite good looking people. And he did say that he... Uh, it, not that he approached her because she looked like his former partners, but she did bear a resemblance. I don't think if there, there was any connection there. Yeah, it's it's Rock Plymouth, certainly Carleve, who we spoke to over the past few bi weeks, um, has been writing an awful lot about it. And um, one of his recent articles has been he's done an analysis of it, so you can find all of that if you Google C A R L E V E. A name that apparently loads of editors can't get right. And his bylines are always spelt differently. <laughs> even though it's like the shortest name in the world. You know, he was mm. good. So I, I, there was, so this guy, Cody Ackland, he was in a group, a pop group called a band, an indie kind of band called Rakuda. And his band members uh, put out a statement saying they were going to kind of take a hiatus from music, which I totally understand and fair play to them. And... I think they're going to change their name to something different. I mean, they, they, they received a lot of support. I mean, obviously, they had nothing to do with this. It wasn't their fault. Um, what they've said is that they're going to sort of like dis, disband the group recruiter and then come together. And there's four of them, Ross, Mike, Josh and Josh. So um, I, I don't quite know. Oh, why hang I on. You it. said two of them twice. No, I know. <laughs> it's the group with two Joshes, which I'd have thought would be quite a good name in its own right. Yes. They, um, they should call it the Joshes minus two. The, 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 the double Josh, a double dose of Josh. <laughs> Josh times two. Josh times two. <laughs> and I just thought, well, maybe what they should do is just sort of make recruit a new band member to take the place of Cody and make sure he's called Josh. Or the two non-Joshes. Two non-Joshes. <laughs> now, that is good. I like that one. That works for me. They should have me for their PR. <laughs> oh, I'm reading this stuff, which is really sad. The In the impact statement, Donna McLeod, her Bobby mother, Bobby Ann, she said in the, in the impact statement, the victim impact statement, was she scared? Did she shout for us? She said they felt they'd let her down by not being able to protect her. I do think about that when we talk about these murders. Mm. What do you think about if someone's about to, if you know you're just in the shit? I mean, that's the crux of our true crime genre, isn't it? What you mean if you find yourself facing a serial killer and you know that they're about to kill you, they've got their hammer in their hand and they're coming at you with it. Is that what you, what do you do think Do you think about? you always know if someone's going to bump you off? I don't think you do know. I mean, the the classic one there is Sarah Everard, isn't it, with the um, police officer. So she's stopped by a guy. He yeah. shows her police ID and she gets into his car. And at that point, she must have thought, this is a bit iffy, but he's got a police ID. But it's yeah. a bit iffy, but he's got a police ID. Yeah. And the, I suppose that the horrific thing there, which perhaps doesn't affect Bobby Ann, because the, for, the evidence seems to be that she was attacked and then having been attacked, presumably by which time she was at least unconscious, if not dead, she was bundled into the car. But Sarah Everard, she gets into the car. And then when it becomes clear that, you know, they are not going to a police yeah. station or place of safety, she must have, you know, been terrified and not knowing what was going to happen. But there are some amazing situations that people have been in and saved their bacon when they've been that... It's for me, it would be that moment. And I've seen enough of this to be kind of contemplating it. I mean, seen enough of it on telly um, that, you know, someone's driving and they go past the turning. That's yeah. when your your heart just must sink. But people do such clever things to to get away. I was I was listening to this true crime podcast and it was about a girl in the States. I was listening to it ages ago because I can't remember any of the details, except <coughs> that she knew that she was in for a really awful time because she'd been driven way out somewhere in mountains with snow and he made her the the man in the car who'd abducted her made her walk along and said that he was going to shoot her and then it just 
didn't end up happening because she went back to the car and begged him. I think that's what... And then he assaulted her and then eventually ended up letting her go for her to be able to tell that story. But just that your self-preservation kicks in and you do the required thing. And then obviously other people are doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. And and that was what Carl Eve wrote an article about. He said, you know, would it have been... Because apparently Bobby Ann couldn't find the shoes she wanted to wear. So if she would have found them, she may have been on an earlier bus. You know, that yeah. all comes into play. And could it have just been another girl? You yeah, know? it could have been. I mean, it could have, would have, should have. I mean, that's very mm. true. There's there's all sorts of areas around. I mean, you know, uh, all true crime has that sort of horrible combination of in themselves trivial circumstances that lead to two people coming together, one a killer, one a victim. If she'd been 10 minutes earlier or five minutes later... Um, same for Sarah Everard. If she had been 10 minutes earlier or five minutes later, you know, she wouldn't have been seen. So, you know, you just have to sort of um, accept that there is going to be a top period in life and there's going to be things that happen where, but for the grace of God, you know, well, whatever you want to call it, if you if you happen to believe in God. But, um, you know, because, um, I mean, one, one of the very well-known examples of that, of course, is Sarah Payne, the little girl who was abducted by that um, paedophile killer, Roy Whiting, several years ago now. And, you know, she just happened to be out with, you know, the kids and she was mm. walking along that road. He happened to be there with his van. And it was just that tragic you know, juxtaposition of those two things. Um, you know, evil, murderous, paedophile, innocent, small child on her own coming together at that time. Mm. And-, and that's another example of when I've thought, I cannot imagine. OK, you're an adult and, you know, and you're you live in this big, bad world and you know that these awful things happen. But you're a child mm. and you get abducted. What what goes through? You know, you're not with your mum and dad and or you somebody to protect you. And you're with some stinky man like him. <laughs> I bet he stank. I mean, it, it stands to reason he probably did, but. It's quite an, an unkind assumption. I mean, there are lots of stinky men who aren't so bad like me. <laughs> That's true. No, but, You're standing but, but, up for the stinky men. But the other thing to bear in mind is also, of course, that, you know, these these kind of juxtapositions, these these two characters coming together, one victim, one, um, ki- you know, killer or whatever, um, one culprit, Naughty are quite rare. It, it happens quite rarely. Mo- you know, the vast majority yeah. of killings and murders are people who know each other, and there is... Um, some dare I say reason for it? It might not be justifiable, but there is a reason for it. That the, was the, the, yeah. the, the real stranger cases, like this one, um, like Sarah Everard, like Sarah Payne, and so on and so forth. You know, we talk about them a lot. We hear about them a lot, but they're quite rare. And that's, well, that's why we hear about them, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they become really newsworthy because they are so rare and exceptional. Well, the top line on a local radio station was. You know, it doesn't happen to everyone. And I was a bit like, oh, no shit, you know? <laughs> Fucking top line. I turned around and said it to myself. Is it, is that, that must be a quote from somebody, though, surely. It must, they must oh, be it was because the local police were saying it. Well, there you go, then. But, I think it's a brilliant uh, headline. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's my headline. <laughs> Um, anything else? Any any more for any more? Have we had any feedback or anything, or have we any sort of like interactions? It's so weird because when we do, we kind of forget it a bit, don't we? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I... yes, yes. Thank you. So a lot of it just turns into nonsense. Yeah. Um, kind of you've had your drunken feedback from people. Yeah, I had my boozy feedback from my boozy cronies. But we talked. We already talked about that. People don't need to hear that again. We are going to pick up Amber um, Turd and Johnny Depp. Um, next time, aren't we? Oh yeah, because the trial goes on. Yeah, things have been happening there. We just thought we'd we'd get we'd get Priscilla on to talk about Wagatha, and there's a few other sort of things that we wanted to talk about instead. Yeah, um, and oh, the late there's more, much more stuff. There's um, a local girl was posting about um, Johnny and Amber, and I was like, you might want to listen to this. And she was really into the trial. She'd oh, been wow. watching all the YouTube and, fun, and she was like, what do you think of what the prosecution said? Of like, She was really clued up on it. And I was like, um, I think you might find our commentary a little bit alternative. Hang on, she should be the one with the podcast. It sounds like she knows much more about it than we do. Certainly more than I do. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I, I'm not going to say that. 
You say oh, yeah. that. You say our podcast that. is shit. Don't listen to it, but I don't. I, don't, I never say I'm don't the marketing to department, and that is something you mustn't say. <laughs> is it really? Is it, are we breaking all the rules? Well, I okay, this is a fact. Okay. This is for real, as my daughter would say. Yeah. I actually listen to our podcast. If given a choice, when I'm going around in the daytime, I listen to different podcasts to go to sleep because I don't yeah. want to go to sleep with you farting <laughs> in my ear. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I do. I listen to this podcast and a little bit of wee comes out sometimes. <laughs> oh, sounds a bit rude. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that kind of like the most sort of terrible sort of, I don't know, self-indulgent thing to do to just listen to your own podcast? Well, I wouldn't be here unless I thought I was funny. Oh, I, I do so. think I'm quite funny. I have to. No, I won't tell you. Nobody else will. <laughs> Victoria, you're very funny. <laughs> You're particularly funny when you're not funny. That's the funniest thing. <laughs> and that's what I hate so much about you. I'm just reading something that someone sent me. Hold on. Oh, I don't know. There's some interaction I don't really understand. So I'll well, read it to that. me and I'll see if I can make a tell of it. Okay, it says, Colleen Rooney is giving evidence and says she believes Vardy was the leaker. Hugh Tomlinson, QC for Vardy, says beliefs do not count as evidence. You might believe Derby County might win the Premiership in two years' time. It's not evidence, is it? Wayne does not react. Well, I think that's a dig at Wayne getting... Wasn't he the manager of Derby County? Oh, was he? Or something? Yeah, I think yeah so. I thought so, but I don't know the football reference. Well, there you go then. Now you do. Let me just um, check that. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, hang on. No, he, he actually still is the manager of Derby County. He hasn't been sacked. Oh, oh, well, that'll be why then, and that's why I don't know. So he's, yeah, he's well, fair play to him if he's, um, if he's still um, hanging in there at Derby County. Good for him. It, oh, here we go. So in in April, so um, last month, his team were relegated from the Championship. Right. So it used to be really simple. You had. First division, second division, third division, fourth division. Now you have the Premiership, which is the equivalent of the first division. Then you have the Championship, which is what used to be the second division. And then you have the first division, that actually used to be the third division. Sorry, no, League One, which used to be the third division. Oh my God, your description is making me more confused than anything. Yeah, completely. It's totally confusing. It has to be pointless. Why they just need to stick with first division, second division, third division, fourth division, I do not know. It's like school years. Do you understand any... If someone goes, oh, she's a year five. No, no I don't know that at all. I, I I have no idea. We had what different is. school systems, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, I I understand sort of like you know first form, uh, third form, fourth form, fifth form was when you took your O levels, and then you had lower six and upper six. That's yeah. what I understand. I understand that as well. Um, could I turn to funnier things? Of course. Than your um, Edwardian prep school. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 come on, give me some credit. Surely it was Victorian. <laughs> Oh, Elizabethan. <laughs> yeah, it was, well, strictly speaking, it wasn't Elizabethan prep school and it will still be Elizabethan prep school until it becomes a, what, a Karlovian prep school or whatever it is. Did you see, oh no, what did I call that one? Charlemagne. Charlemagne. No. <laughs> Going back a few thousand years there. I'd like um, a Charlesworth. Charlesworth. No, Charlesworth. Charlesworthian. Going back to um, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, did mm. you see Johnny Depp's ex, Ellen Barkin, giving evidence? Oh, no, but I heard about it. Tell Saying me more. Tell he me more. drank all the time. Those <laughs> are her words. Yeah. Isn't drinking all the time, like, a thing? Like, I can understand people drinking a lot. I could drink a lot. But drinking all the time, drinking when you wake up in the morning, that's really when you have a problem. She said he was dominant and jealous and claimed that he had drug use as well. She, she's 68. Well, how old is Johnny Depp? Don't you remember you were going on about how good-looking he was for 69? He was, he is very good-looking, Or good 59, something like I have to that. Say, no, I think he looks fantastic for his age, but she so, but she was quite a lot. She was eight years older than him. She said they had a short sexual relationship in the 1990s, and their friendship lasted 10 years. It became romantic when they filmed Horror and Disgust in Las Vegas. The sexual relationship continued between three and five or six months. They would meet three or four times a week at each other's houses in LA, just a 10 minute drive from each other. I mean, actually, I think Johnny Depp's capacity for drugs and alcohol is something that's left a lot of people very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Priscilla hasn't drawn her, has she? What, She'd like uh, to Ellen draw Birkin? Ha- heard. 
<laughs> I'm sure Priscilla, Priscilla would do a great job. Amber Heard's yeah. supposed to have like the classic no, beautiful face. Priscilla, Priscilla, I think, I mean, because they had the case in London, didn't they? I bet Priscilla would have done that. Was she at that? Do I remember her talking about it? I don't recall. I'm oh, sure Google she would it. have done. I'm sure she would have done. If it didn't get highlighted during the interview, Google Priscilla Coleman draws Lorraine. It's quite oh. funny looking at their faces in that picture. Because I think Lorraine was expecting something completely different. <laughs> you can tell by her face. I can't see any Johnny Depp. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. I think the drawing's great. It is very, no, it's very good. But Lorraine just looks a bit like she's confused. <laughs> Maybe just because she's had too much Botox. Actually, I don't know if she's had Botox or not. I like the one she did of Gary Glitter. Yeah, it was really good, actually. Yeah. And I do actually quite... I'm, okay, I, I'm not, like, pro him in any way, except his hairdo in court. Who, Gary Glitter's? Yeah. Stand up, Mr Glitter. Do you think he's wearing his platforms as well? <laughs> well, that's a massive wig, wasn't it, he used to wear, with his stupid little ponytail. And, and there's the also ring. the one where... Where yeah. Amy Winehouse had oh, to yeah. do a little dance or something. No, she was showing. Well, didn't Priscilla say that she was um, showing, showing her off shoes? Showing her shoes or something. Yeah. Yeah, because it was something to do with her doing something with a high heel or something. She proved that. Yeah. Oh look, I, I wear she these. She was just wearing her little ballet pumps or something. I have a relationship with Priscilla Coleman, like I have with Vicky Ward. Uh, go on. That I love them and they don't know I exist. <laughs> 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 have you noticed that <laughs> did you notice that no i hadn't noticed that you did notice the forlorn expression on my face oh well though. yeah <laughs> right um yeah okay well thank you for all the interactions i'm going to be a bit more organized mm. but things keep happening like birthdays and fun and trips <laughs> and things like that don't they ben they do they do and so many things happen to you that you don't do anything at all no, I never do anything, that's true. Well, you do show up sometimes. I'd say goodbye because my battery's running low. Bye. bye Adios. Bye. Have a goodbye week. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>